Well, welcome everybody to Rise Church. So glad that you're with us today. My name is Aaron. I'm the senior pastor. On behalf of my wife, Erica, all of our staff and pastors, we're so glad that you're here with us today, especially if you're here with us for the very first time. If you're our guest, we're honored that you're with us. I always invite our guests to come at least three times. Everybody shout three times. Uh, the reason we do that is because we know that when you go to a new place, you don't always get the best experience on the first experience. And so we want to invite you to come back out, and hopefully you, this will be your spiritual family. It's kind of what we call it around here. So that's our desire. I also want to welcome everybody watching on Facebook Live. Uh, so happy you're joining us in digital land, or you're listening on our podcast. We have hundreds of people who do that on a regular basis, and just so glad that you're with us today. You can also, uh, if you have Facebook, will you check in right now? Go ahead and pull your phone out. Let everybody know you're at church. We found that it's been a great opportunity and a great way to get connected with the other friends friends. And a lot of times you're like, you go to that church. I wanted to try that church out. I saw one of the banners or somebody on Facebook. Somehow I'm, I'm, somehow I'm their friend and you guys can go and then have you know, Starbucks after. And so that's kind of the goal. And uh, we just want to make sure everybody's connected. Today, we're going to be in the book of Luke. And if you don't know anything about the Bible, Luke is in the New Testament. And uh, it's one of the stories of Jesus. And uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter number 17. Luke chapter number 17. We start a brand new series today called Thankful. And uh, we know that's not how you spell it, but we're just kind of using a play on words to really uh, talk about the season that we're in. In uh, November, obviously, we're leading up to Thanksgiving here in a, a couple of weeks. And uh, we want to just talk about uh, the value of being thankful, the value of really having this uh, idea inside of our lives and what that means and does what does God actually say about that. And so we're going to look at a unique story in Luke chapter number 17. And uh, in, just before we get there, I want to give you some context to kind of give you some idea of what's going on in this particular passage of Scripture. So Jesus is uh, uh, an incredible, incredible man who walks on this earth and he lives 33 years and he has a three-year ministry. And during his three-year ministry, He's kind of moving around the region, and then he has a moment where he knows he's going to end up and walking back into into Jerusalem. He's going to come back into kind of his city, and he has this, tri they even call it a triumphant entrance. And before he does that, he kind of has a pathway that he takes. And I wanted to show you on the map of exactly kind of where most scholars believe this particular moment we're going to read about happens. And so if you look at the at this map, so he kind of starts off here in Capernaum and he's moving down. And then in Luke chapter 9, he's actually rejected by this community. The Bible actually says he's rejected by this kind of Samaritan community. So though, just so you know, like the Samaritans didn't believe in the God that we serve. They didn't believe in the Jesus that we serve, and, and a, lot of the, um, a lot of the Samaritans kind of had this false religion, and so when he moves into this kind of area where most scholars believe he was rejected, um, you couldn't just kind of get into Jerusalem by walking through Samaria. In fact, most Jews didn't do that because of the Samaritans and how they lived, and so this is what most scholars believe his kind of journey through Perea would have actually been to get his triumphant entrance. And so he has this moment in chapter 9 where he's rejected and it kind of makes him move along. And then you'll see in our scripture that we read, it actually highlights where he's at. And we think it kind of happens right around in this area. So this is kind of like the context of where everything is happening. Isn't that kind of cool just to kind of see where, where Jesus is doing and what's happening? I like giving that context so you kind of know what's happening right now when Jesus is ministering. So Luke chapter 17 is, uh, and we pick it up in verse 11. I'll kind of figure out this kind of unique story that happens with Jesus. It says, on the way to Jerusalem, again, he's on his triumphant entrance. He was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. So we kind of showed you where that was. And then verse 12, it says, and he, as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers. Everybody say 10. Okay, that's important. So there's a lot of lepers. There's 10 lepers who stood at a distance. And then this is important in verse 13. 
It says, and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, what you need to understand about the lepers of the society, there, there was a certain law, especially through the Torah, that if you had leprosy or you had issues with your body, that you had to do certain things. So leprosy in that time, if you don't know anything about it, you know that it was a skin-eating, flesh-eating disorder. You'd have oozing. There'd be pus. It'd be weird. It'd be nasty. It'd be gross. And oftentimes, you didn't know uh, when you're, you're even, you, a lot of your nerve endings wouldn't even know. You wouldn't know that it would be in pain or it would be hurting, so you could be falling asleep and you'd wake up and oftentimes there'd be fingers missing. They wouldn't know uh, that there was something gone from them. A rat could eat it off. It wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. It, it, was, it was the worst kind of disease. And the law would made lepers scream. And number one, they'd have to tear their clothing to kind of give people an indication that they had the disease. And then second, any time they got around people, they had to shout out unclean. So imagine if you, some of you in here right now, you're sick. You didn't tell us, thanks for that, but you might be sick in here. And just think if you were sick, the law would say you had to walk around and say, I got, I got a disease. Like, wait, I'm sick. And you had to scream it out because you had to keep your distance. It was actually a law for most people had to do. So they lived most of their life. If you had leprosy, they had lived most of their life where they were never touched. They never felt a hug. They didn't know what it felt like to have an embrace, even the Christian side hug. They didn't know what it meant to be like close to someone. They didn't know what it would be to even be near anybody because they had to shout unclean. Okay, We're talking about a pretty terrible disease. And this is what happens when Jesus sees them. So he goes on to say, and when he saw them, okay, so Jesus sees them, and he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest, which is kind of the custom for, he wanted people to kind of do the, 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 the tradition to show people the power of Jesus. And he said, and as they went, they were cleansed. Again, if you were here in the last couple of months, we talked about faith and how your faith often is activated in your faithfulness. And so it's not just, can God do it? God can do it. But there's a time where you actually have to get up and take a step. Everybody say step. Yeah, so like you might be waiting right now praying to God to help you, and God's saying, I want to do it, just I need you to take a step of faith. And so it says, as they went, they were cleansed. That's not an accident. As they went, as they took a step, as they took, come on, we even last weekend, as we took a step of, of faith as a church, and we all gave and sacrificed and gave to the vision of rise, we took a step of faith, and as we step, come on, we're blessed, we're clean. We get our best. We get our best. And so it goes on to verse 15. It says, then one of them, this is important. So, so we have 10 and one, okay? One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. Everybody say turn back. This is important. Turn back, praising God with a loud voice. I like that. And he says, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And now he was a Samaritan. Don't miss that. That's important. And now he was a Samaritan, because remember, we talked about the Samaritans. And he says, then Jesus answered, we're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? He starts asking these questions. And he asks one more. He goes on to verse 18. He says, was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Other translations would say, except this stranger, this new person. This person that doesn't know anything about me. The person that you and I would consider to be a non-Christian, a person who doesn't believe. He comes back. Interesting. He said, except for this, this foreigner. And he said to him, rise. I like that. It's the name of our church. He said, rise. See how I put that in there? There's other translations that say, like, you know, get up. I'm like, no, we're going to use the one that says rise. So anyway, rise. And go your way, your faith, your faith 
Your faith has made you well. Interesting story about Jesus meeting someone who gives him thanks. And with that as our backdrop, let's pray. Father, we love you, God. Lord, we're honored to be in your place, your house. And Lord, we just pray today and know in our hearts that we are here for a reason. This is not an accident. This is not a happenstance. This is not a moment where we got up and we decided, God, you, 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 you have a plan in our life. Somebody's going to hear something today that they need. We're going to walk out of here better than we walked in, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Um, how many of y'all ever forget stuff regularly at your house? Like when you leave the house, you got to turn around and come back. Anybody else like me? Uh, one of the things in my family that, that my wife is, 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 she's consistently laughing at me about is that I forget stuff all the time. And oftentimes I'll forget the things that I, I actually needed. The whole reason I got out was for the thing that I left behind. And uh, I, let, I did it today. I, I, normally I do that on the way to church. I will get up. You know, I'm not even in a hurry or anything. I'll just get up. I'm ready to go. I get in my car. I'm excited. I'm driving down the road. And I'm realizing like, oh, I forgot something. I got to go back. And uh, it's, again, and it's, it's kind of a comical thing in my, my family, but my wife even now, she's like, she's now gotten to the point where before I leave, she starts running down the, the list. Any of you ladies do that for your husband? Like, you got your keys, you got your phone, you got your wallet, you got your money, you got, you know, you got everything. And I'm like, babe, I got, so we get, sometimes we'll get a, we'll get in a little fights. So I'll be like, babe, stop trying to help me. I know what I'm doing. I'm the man. I got it. I know what I'm going, you know, and then I'll get in the car, I'll drive out the street and I realize I forgot something. I was like, man, I should just listen to my, to my wife, right? Come on, ladies. Everybody, all the ladies in here say amen. Yeah, so we should just listen to you. It just is what it is. And so, um, uh, but I remember even now, even now, my kids, my, my, my twins, I have twin 11-year-olds, and even now as I'm walking out of the house, it's such a thing with me that they have now started, my kids have started asking me, Dad, you got your wallet? You got your keys? You got your phone? I'm like, son, you know, I, I get it. But um, What's interesting is the, the other day I was um, I, I had to go to the store because I bought something. I love to shop, and so I, I bought something, but uh, I needed to return it. It didn't it didn't fit right. You know, it's, anybody ever buy something at the store? It fit perfect, and then you got home and it didn't look right. You know what I'm saying? Did anybody else go through that? But other than me, any other guys? Okay. Anyway, so I'm like, <clears throat> so I'm at, I'm at home, and I'm like, man, I gotta take this back. So get all get ready. I get everything together. Blah, blah, blah. I get in my car. I'm driving down the road, and guess what happened? I I forgot the thing that actually was making me go to get out into the car in the first place. I forgot the thing that I was going to return to go get. And so what I had to do is I, I, there was a moment where I'm in the car, I'm driving, I, I remembered, and then I had to turn back. Everybody say turn back. Yeah, I had to turn back and go back to the thing that actually got me out into the world in the first place. I had to turn back. I had a moment where I remembered I had a moment where I had to stop. Okay, and, and, and you know what I'm saying? Like I had to stop going. I had to stop driving. I had to stop walking. I had to stop doing the thing I thought was, was important and actually turn back. It's interesting. The Bible says that the man that recognized he was, he recognized that he was healed. I like how the scriptures say he turned back. And how often in our lives, isn't it true that sometimes we'll pray for God to bless us and we'll pray for the things that we need in our life. And there's nothing wrong with that. God is a good God. He's a daddy who wants to help his kids. But oftentimes, have you noticed that most people will get it and just keep going? 
and they forget to turn back. They forget to take a moment. Isn't it interesting how our, even our society celebrates? Just keep going. You don't need to be thankful. You, you almost start to expect it a little bit, right? Especially living in America, like we forget the turn back moment. To me, the turn back in that moment and for us, the thing that we forget the most, and if I had to define kind of our turn back moment is this, it's like the turn back to me is looking past the gift and remembering the giver. Because there's times where we pray so much for the gift and then we get the gift of life and blessing and miracles and healing and all this stuff and it's great. But when you don't turn back, you miss out on the one person who gave it to you. And there's value in the turn back. There's, there's blessing in the turn back. And what the man did was he turned back. He was thankful. He was grateful. He walked back to the giver and didn't just associate his life with just the gift. And it's so important for us to realize that Jesus values that. Remember, every story in Scripture matters. It's in there for a reason. God's teaching us a lesson. I like when he, in verse 16, it says this. It says, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet and gave him thanks. The, the thanks there, the word Greek, the, the, the word thanks in Greek there is, is an interesting word. We're going to read it together. Everybody say this. Say, you, charis, deo. Yeah, it means this. It literally means to properly acknowledging that God's grace works well. It's like, man, there's some moments in our life where we, we do you ever question God? Like, come on, let's be honest. Sometimes we'll pray and then the things don't happen when we think they should or things will go down the way we thought they would never thought they could ever go down. You're praying to God. Then he gives you the gift and you almost you and I, especially if you're Christians for a while, you almost get into this little bit of a there's a tension between expectancy and and, um, you know, entitlement. And you're a little bit like in that tension moment where we, we expect God to do great things. And then when he does it, we forget to go back and acknowledge God's grace works well. It doesn't work okay. It doesn't work sometimes. No, no, it works well. And the guy went out of his way to properly, it's literally acknowledging God's good grace. And Jesus highlights the value of that because he knows it's not good. Jesus, look, Jesus doesn't need to be thanked for him. You need, Jesus needs to be thanked for us. Like we have to get good at that. It's actually a benefit to us. I like, I read this in, in a, a uh, a, a Christian science journal and uh, said this, it says, when you're thankful, it boosts the neurotransmitters, dopamine and serotonin and the hormone oxytocin, all associated with well-being and having a positive outlook on life. That when you and I aren't thankful, it actually hinders our well-being physically. So you have a spiritual aspect of thankfulness. You have a physical aspect of thankfulness. And if you and I, if you missed everything in this message up until this point, the whole point of it is that you and I should be thankful. Like, Pastor, I don't have anything to be thankful for. No, no, no. You and I should be thankful. You woke up today. Some people didn't. You're in a country today that lets you freely Worship God. Think about that. That's incredible. That's a miracle. 
Some people in the world are so jealous that you got to come into a place that's portable, that sang songs, that has mics, that had electricity, and they're so, they think you're living the dream. And Jesus was highlighting for us, you shouldn't feel bad about it, just be thankful for it. Jesus didn't say, oh, you need to be, you, you need to feel bad about it. No, he's just trying to say, be thankful. You need to decide. Ever say decide. Thankfulness is a decision. You have to decide that I'm going to be thankful today. It's not a spiritual gift. It's not so, a personality effect. I know like some people are like, well, I'm just not thankful all the time. It's just not my personality. Sorry, that doesn't work like that. People aren't born with it. Thankfulness, especially a Christian thankfulness, is a discipline you have to develop. Where you got to wake up and consistently go, no, I'm going to be thankful today. I, I might not have anything to be thankful for. I'm going to find something. That it's good for my spirit and good for my heart, good for my physical body, good for my soul, good for my mind. It's good. Like every person in the world, there's no study out there that says thankfulness is actually bad for you. Don't be thankful. It's worse. It's terrible. It's a terrible way of living. Every person you find says thankfulness is, is a good thing. My son the other day, he, I said, you know, he was... I, anybody have a, of a kid who is like, if you, if you said yes to him or her the whole time, you would have no money? You know what I mean? Like, they always want to, they think your life and your money is their money, right? Is that, does any, any parent, all the parents are laughing, you know? Because it's like, so when they see something, they get it, they're, they're like, hey, dad, go buy that for me. Can, can I, go, I want that over there. And I'm like, son, dad, I don't have, we don't, you have money, I saw it. You have to get your, get your money, get your wallet out. I saw it. it's in your wallet. I'm like, uh, but that's my money. Well, no, no, dad, 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 but that we, that's our money too, right? I go, no, no, that's daddy's money. That, that ain't your money. And he's like, oh, so, so why don't you just go buy it? I said, well, because it's not in the budget. He goes, what's a budget? I go, you're like 99% of the people in the world, right? You know? <laughs> and, and, and he goes, and I, and I said, so I got him something one time. One time I said, yes, because, you know, I just, you know, every once in a while you just got to say, you know, I'm daddy. And so I'm like, hey, okay, here you go. And he walks around and he goes, okay, I want and then before, before he had even opened the thing I bought him, he wanted another thing. And I said, son, pause. Time out. You're, you're not even thankful for what I just got you. And he goes, he, 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 he goes but I saw another thing. I said, I get it. I get it. But you need to be thankful. And he said something so funny. And it was cute, but it was very Christian. Okay. He said, I'm going to pray that, that God would, would give me thankfulness. I said, oh, man, that's powerful, son. I mean, that's, that's good. I said, it don't work like that. <laughs> it's not a spiritual gift. You don't, get, you, don't, you don't get thankfulness by asking God for it. In fact, if you ask God for it, what he often does to you and me is he gives you opportunities to develop thankfulness. This is how he works. It's like, oh, okay, God. You know, so it's a discipline. Everybody say discipline. And so we have to develop it. So I want to teach today in the time I have left three ways to just develop thankfulness in your life. Because again, I think I made the, the point that it's powerful and it's positive and it's a good thing. And I know right now you might be in here thinking, I have nothing to be thankful for. I, I'm so happy that you're here. Today, I, I want you to just maybe adjust a posture a little bit. 
Because I believe on the other side of thankfulness, really, I, pro- I promise you, I'm going to show you this. At the other side of thankfulness is a blessing. I'm going to give you three ways to develop thankfulness in our lives. Number one, thankfulness is first. Thankfulness is first. Priority matters. Verse 15 says this. Says, um, it says, then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back praising God with a loud voice. I like this. He says, I, I, I stopped. I turned back and I praised God with a loud voice. And then verse 16 says, it says, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Everybody say thanks. I, I like this because you need to understand about the kingdom of God. God cares about priority. God, there is a way to enter into his gates. There, there is a way, there is a protocol in the way that you approach God. Now, again, this is not because like he's a big God and he's super amazing and you're terrible and you, you, you can't talk to him unless you're, you're holy enough. That, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that God is a God of order. And because he's a God of order, he has priorities and he has protocol on how you approach him. And that oftentimes we come to God in the way that we teach our kids. There's this old school kind of, um, uh, it's kind of like a, 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 not a fairy tale or a folklore, but just something that you and I grow up with that we teach our kids. It's almost cultural. And it says it like this. We teach our kids because we're trying to teach them propriety. We teach them, son, son I think, in fact, I tell this to my kids, you Say please and then thank you, right? You teach them that. Like, hey, when you're asking for something from someone, you say please and then thank you. The problem is, is that when you walk into the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords gates, when you walk up into him and you're starting to pray to God for the things and you enter into his gates, it's actually opposite. What you and I should probably be doing more often than not is starting with thank you and then please. I'll give it to you in Scripture. I'll just prove it to you. This is kind of interesting. I don't know if you ever noticed this. This is in Psalms. Uh, go ahead. There you go. It says, enter his gates with, with what? Everybody say, say, say with thanksgiving. Okay, well, just say it again. And say thanksgiving. He said, you got to enter his thanksgiving with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise and give thanks to him and praise his name. He says, before you start with asking, you need to start with acknowledging you've already been blessed. There's protocol. There's a way. There's a like, you got to really examine how you ask God for things. It matters. It matters because he knows what he's given you. You might not know it, but he knows it. You just got to remember it sometimes. And sometimes when we go to God, rather than going to him with our laundry list of ideas and thoughts and gifts and please help me with this, instead of making him Santa, make him daddy first. So walk up into his gates and you're saying, Lord, look, I know there ain't a lot of things that I have to be thankful in this world right now. I could be going through the worst day ever, but I'm just going to acknowledge that you let me wake up today. Thank you. Because some people didn't. I'm going to acknowledge that I got some money in my bank account. I'm going to acknowledge that I got some type of health. I'm going to acknowledge that I got at least some semblance of family. Lord, I got something to be thankful for. I want to start with that. Jesus recognized a man started with that. Before he went off, he turned back and came back and said, thank you. Thank you. Before I go do everything else, thank you. Before I start my conversations with the world, I'm, I'm going to start my conversation with you. Thank, thank you. Some of us in here could start our day waking up and instead of going, what does Facebook say? I'm not against social media. Instead of waking up, checking your email, 
instead of waking up, put your phone in another room for a night and wake up with, Lord, thank you that my eyes opened up. Lord, thank you that I have kids. They might be crazy, but I got them. If you wake up next to a woman or a man and you are married and you're like, man, thank you, Lord, that there is somebody here who has tolerated me for yet another day. And it does something to your body and your mind. It, 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 it centers you for the day. Why? Because God cares about protocol. How do you enter his gates? How do you talk to God? How do you start with him? Second one is this. Thankfulness is never silent. Luke chapter 17, I like this, okay, because this is going to irritate a couple of you. The first one's fun because it's just nobody's really being preached about. This one is going to, I'm going to poke a bruise, okay? So, then Jesus answered, we're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Verse 18, he says, was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner, this stranger, this person who doesn't even call himself a Christian? And I laugh at questions Jesus asks because it's not because he doesn't know the answer. He's God. So when you read the Bible and he asks a question, you're kind of like, I'm confused, God. Why would you ask a question? That's an odd thing to do. The reason Jesus asks the question is because he's highlighting his value system. The first reason is, is he values gratitude. He asks it because he values the thing that the man came back and did, that the nine didn't. And he's highlighting it. He's addressing it because you and I always address things we value. My wife, she, um, she has a, a thing one time, you know, when I first got into ministry, I would come home and I'd be on my phone. So I would be at the office. And just so you know, like a pastor's job kind of never goes, we, we never stop. Like it's always after, it's always hours after hours. And so she and I, well, I would come home and I'd be on the phone and I'm like, talking about somebody or we're counseling or we're trying to, you know, do something for the church and I'm walking in and she had spent all day with, you know, my crazy five boys and she was waiting to talk to an adult. And so I walk in and I'm like this, I'm like, Hey babe. And I'm on the phone for another hour, you know? And so she's, uh, she eventually got to the point where she addressed it. She goes, Hey babe, I want you to know something like, I love you. And I recognize that you got things you got going on, but before you come in the house, finish up whatever you're doing. I, even if like my compromise to you is like, just finish it, but just don't come in the house with your phone on. I need you to be here when you when your kids walk in, like when you walk into your kids, you, you got to be present. So, so could you just finish, even if you're sitting in the parking lot or sitting in your driveway or you just drive around the neighborhood, please finish. And then when you walk in, you're here with us. Because when we see you, we want to see you and be around your life. I'm like, okay, I get it. Why did my wife say that? Because she addressed something she valued. She brought it up. You and I bring up and address things we value all the time. And so if Jesus brings something up and highlights something for us in Scripture, he does it because he values it. The second reason is this is because thankfulness is always articulated. The reason Jesus brought it up, the reason Jesus asked those questions is simply because he recognized one person came back and articulated his thankfulness. Now, you can, I could be like, well, I'm sure nine others were thankful. Not, not to Jesus. He, he, he obviously asked the question because he addressed it, and, and, and he asked the question because he recognized only one person came back and was thankful, and it was somebody who didn't even know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of their life. That, that he shows us that thankfulness starts with our articulation of it. 
it's practical in nature. He kind of removes the idea that like, well, I'm just thankful in my heart. Has anybody ever said that before? Well, they know. They know I'm thankful. No, they don't. Gratitude and thankfulness is always articulated. So my encouragement to you today is articulate it. Some of you in here need to write a note. And you're like, no, I'm thankful. Like, I'm thankful for my parents. Do they know that? No, no, I'm thankful for my wife. Does she, does she know that? Some of you need to make a phone call after this as you're walking out of the church. Hey, I just want to let you know, I'm thankful for you. I wanted you to know that. Some of you need to make a text message. Some of you need to write a note. Some of you need to write a check. Some of you need to actually go and walk up to somebody and articulate that you're thankful for them. Just so you know, the enemy speaks more negative to people on your behalf than you ever imagined. I made this decision one time, like, especially for leaders in my life, pastors in my life. Like, I have two pastors in my life. Like, I, I just know the enemy's working triple time and speaking to my pastors on what I think about them on my behalf. And so, you know, the only way to counteract that, do you know the real weapon that you have is you just got to be more articulate than the devil, and so I send them notes. I send them text messages. I make phone calls. They never wonder how Aaron thinks. They never wonder that there's a value in thankfulness that when it's not articulated, you're, mo- you're losing out on a really unexpressed thankfulness, unexpressed gratitude is a lost opportunity to give God praise. If you're thankful, you better say something. The last one is this. If you checked out, please check back in. Hello. This is maybe the most important. Verse, the third one is thankfulness releases potential blessing. I'm going to show you something. The scripture goes on to say, And he said to him, rise. Everybody say rise. I just like that word. I don't know why. Anyway, rise and go your way. I like this. He says, your faith has made you well. Everybody say, well, so you and I would read that and, you know, kind of Western eyes read that and go, okay, he just says, hey, you know, thank you for coming back. And, you know, you got healed of your body. Your faith has made you healed of your body. The word well there is sozo is um, it actually in the Greek means to save. It's actually closer correlated to salvation than it is to physical healing. Now, I want you to see this. Ten men got healed of a physical issue, but only one got healed of a spiritual issue. You missed it. So, okay, I'll say it again. So like 10, okay, 10 were healed of their leprosy. One was healed of their sinfulness. Okay, wait, wait. So, so what you're saying, Jesus, is that when the guy came back and recognized and articulated his thankfulness, started with his thankfulness, and he came back and brought his posture, always brings you, remember, thankfulness and gratitude always brings you to your knees. And he came back, and only one, so one had their, one had their, like, worldly issues dealt with, and then another one had their eternity set free. Remember, the Bible highlighted him as a Samaritan. 
He highlighted them as somebody who didn't believe. And he said, look, your thankfulness, you came back and got, you got, you found gratitude and it actually gave you more than the other nine that just went away with their healing. It released the potential blessing. God's desire is to give you more than enough. Some people question that, you know. It's because it's been hijacked probably by some crazy maybe TV preachers back in the day. We're like, God wants to give you a mansion. That's not what he's saying. He's just saying that like when you come to God and ask God to help you in your marriage, he gives you, come on, he gives you heaven beyond it. Some of us come to him, ask you, like, will you heal my, like, my, my foot? God's like, I want to heal your life. God, will you help me just pay this bill? God's saying, actually, I want to give you resource. God, I want to give you more than that. Scripture talks about it all the time. Second Corinthians, I love this. God can bless you. He can. I like this. God can bless you with everything you need. So there's like a needs-based prayer. The lepers needed to be healed. And you will always have, come on, I like this. He speaks of God's intent in all of our lives that you will have more than enough. Everybody say more than enough. More than enough to do all kinds of good things for others. The point of more than enough is not for you. The point of more than enough is always for others. So it's not selfish in nature. The desire of God's life is to bring you and make you well, to make you so-so. But it started with, what did it start with? Thankfulness. Isn't that interesting? So you want to help your life out? You want to have more than enough? I'm just, this is God. This is, this is biblical principle. You want to have more than enough? You want to be blessed beyond measure? You want to walk around and have a so-so life? Be thankful. Be grateful. I'm going to close with this thought. My sons the other day, uh, we had like, uh, anybody, any, we planned, my wife and I planned, we had this day where we were going to do like a day of fun for the kids. And so we like went out, we took them to like, you know, video games, putt-putt golf, bowling, and you know, we took them to like Chick-fil-A and said, you can have whatever you want on the menu. Like, ah! <laughs> So I had a crazy. So we come home. We're driving home, and they're—I'm not kidding. So like, they all start asking us for things, and they got mad for the stuff they didn't get. Like, so you know, we'd be at the bowling and the or the video games, and they're like, "We want that," and we're like, "No, Bubba, you can't get that, but you can get this." And and so we're driving home at the end of the day of nothing but blessing, and they literally start complaining and whining about the stuff they didn't get that day. Any parent in here had that happen once or twice? Okay, good. So they're complaining. And so it just, I don't know about you, but like in that moment, all I want to do is like stop on the side of the road and kick them all out and drive off. It's just no point. It's just, you know what? Y'all are heathens. You know, I hope y'all find Jesus one day. Good luck. And uh, this is not like a parenting seminar. I'm not saying do that. That's what I wanted to do. And so, I, so I'm so i like, and so we get home, and my wife and I, we're like hot, mad, like red. I can, I, You ever get so mad you know your face is red? So I sit him on the couch, and I said, let me just tell you all something. We just spent the whole day, the whole day, and I got on their level, right in their eyes. I'm like, 
We spent the whole day blessing you, and all you care about is the things that you didn't get. Let me just tell you something right now. You might not ever get anything again. You know, you start saying crazy things like that to your kids. Like, you might not, I might take the air out of your lungs. You're not going to have anything in your room. You're going to sleep on the ground. No clothes. You start saying crazy stuff, right? Just as parents, just starts coming out. And so we're like, we're just so mad. And so we're, go to your, you know, go, go to your room, think about it, go pray about it, you know, because we kind of add that. I'm a pastor. I'm like, go ask God. And uh, like, they don't know what to ask God, but they just go talk to him. You need help. So, um, so they come down. Not kidding you. This is totally true. So they come down. They come down. And they said, Dad, we're so sorry. We're going to be thankful. We understand. So, okay. So I'm not kidding you. Like the next two weeks was so funny. Everything they got, they started over-articulating their thing. Like they were so, they'd walk up and they'd be like, they, they would go get a drink of water. They'd drink it. They'd put it away. They'd come back and say, Dad, thank you for water. Thank you so much. You know, thank you for, I'm serious. Like, I'm not kidding you. Like, and so they're like, you know, we pick them up. Dad, thank you for picking us up from school. God, thank you for my bed. Like, Dad, thank you for letting me sleep in my bed. Like, they just literally start doing it. I'm not kidding you. Like, if I'm lying, I'm done. So they start doing it. And what was so funny, so one day, like, Titus comes down, and he's like, hey, Dad, um, man, I just want to say, like, thank you for, um, for my lunch. I really enjoy that week. And he, arti- he literally, he told me he was happy that I gave him lunch, and, and I, I didn't do it. I just got to thankful for Mom. And so Mom had cut his sandwich. He, they make their own lunches, and so um, what she'll do in the morning is she'll come up, and sometimes she'll cut their sandwich in half to kind of help them. I don't know why she does that. But anyway, she just, he likes it. And he goes, thanks for cutting my sandwich in half. And I, you ever talk to your kids when they, you know, they're really thankful? Like, it moved past, like, they're, like, overcorrecting because they didn't, you know, they wanted a bed and, 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 you know, and oxygen and all the stuff I threatened to take. They, they, they moved past, and it was, they were actually, he was so thankful in his heart. And you know what I, I was like, dude, it touched me as a daddy so much. I'm like, hey, bro, like, after school, let's go get some ice cream. Like, I don't, I'm in my mind, I'm as a dad trying to figure out ways to like, I just want to, I just want to give you, I just want to give you more. Like, I just want to give you more. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, when you and I are thankful to our heavenly father, all it, if it does it for me as an earthly dad, come on. And I ain't that good. How much more does your heavenly father look at you and want to go like, God, I just wish you would be thankful. And if you just start with thankfulness and you come back and articulate it, then there's a blessing on the other side of it. And all the things you're praying for, I want to give you that and more. And so my encouragement to you today, if for nothing else, be thankful. Because I think there's true blessing on the other side of gratitude. Can we be a church that's thankful? Can we be a church that comes back and turns back? Can we be a families that are thankful? Can we be husbands that are thankful? Can we be wives that are thankful? Can you be a mom that's thankful? Can you be a dad that's thankful? Can you go into your job on Monday morning and be thankful? Can you go up into your your, your doctor's office and he's giving you all these crazy reports and you just be, be thankful? Come on. Like, if you start with that, you'd be surprised what your life turns into. And my hope for you today is that you would be thankful. 